Hi there, and welcome to another life-giving sermon podcast from Resurgent Church. At Resurgent, we endeavor to bring a word that is both encouraging and relevant to your everyday life. So sit back, enjoy the sermon, and for any more information, check out our website at www.resurgentchurch.ca. If God is for us, who can be against us? So we got to smile. Even when Vanessa, I was, I was trying to get her attention when she said to pray for healing. I reckon we got to stop praying for healing like, you know, like uh, we're in major pain. Like, oh God, if you just would. It's like that kid that's just hoping March break. Oh, I just hope my parents take me somewhere. That's my kids at the moment in our family. I've got teenagers. Um, it's like, oh God, if you just would kindly think about me. No. God, I am so expectant for this right now. I am so happy already that you're even listening to my prayer. I am ready for God to do something because He's the God of not so impossible. Because with God, all things are possible. Just like with a snowstorm, with God, we could still come to church. Amen. I still laugh as a not-born Montrealer that uh, the people still freak out with snowstorms, people that have lived here their whole life. I'm like, are you, like, are you serious? It's like where we come from when the storms come in, and when the storms come in, like they can be brutal. And we're all just used to it. You go in your house, you shut all your doors, you put the air conditioning on because you're ready for the humidity straight afterwards. You watch your favorite TV show, you wait half an hour or so for it to be over and you come back out again. And like, that's life. But here it's like, oh, do you know there's a snowstorm coming? Now I know there are times, okay, ice rain, I'm with you. That's just like from the devil right there. There is no ice rain in heaven. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. That is demonic right there. Trying to get to your car and you're slipping and sliding, trying to get, you're like throwing your kid around the car to hook him in into the, I've had to do that quite a few times. But a snowstorm, come on, somebody. I know I'm preaching converted, you're right here. So if you have a friend that's at home, because they got a little bit wussy around the snowstorm, say, with grace, because there is no condemnation in Christ, you should be here. So you are missing out. It's always warmer in the house of God. It's always hotter in the house. There's more fire no matter how. I got a, I got a, I got a hearty fire place in my house, but it's always hotter in the house here than even my house in Jesus' name. And so it's so cool that you are here. We're speaking this, uh, this series called On Mission because that's what we're all about. That's what Jesus gave us. That we're on mission, and that's why we make choices around our life around that mission. Uh, the things that we do do, the things that we don't do, the things that we do invest in, the things that we don't invest in, because we're on mission. And so we're going to be speaking about that this uh, month. We do have Sunday morning only at some stage this month, because we never tell you who's coming. We maybe tell you sometimes just before. But we don't want people to pick. I might just go to that one, but not that one, because we're a family. And even if the crazy uncle's coming this week, we still turn up because we're family. Amen? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Everyone's got a crazy auntie or uncle that wishes they don't turn up to the family gatherings as much as they do sometimes. But we are trying to tell you everything that's happening, so it's a nice surprise. But we do have Watoto, the African choir, coming this month. 
which is like one of my favourite Sundays. So, but you know, we're not going to really maybe tell you. I don't know. We may, we maybe will, but because we want you to invite your friends. But that'll be happening this sometime this month. We have a friend of ours who's a leadership business corporate coach, uh, speaker to thousands of uh, in conferences, Christian conferences around the world. Kathy, we call her Kathy O because she's got one of those surnames that. Basically, you know, you need a degree to be able to say. So, um, but she's Armenian. So, upstupchuk. It almost sounds like, actually, I won't. But at um, like dances with wolves or something, you know. So, upstupchuk. Um, so, which I actually thought maybe she was native, uh, but she's Armenian. So, uh, First Nations. Uh, we have different words in Australia, so don't ever, please don't ever judge me uh, with getting politically things wrong, because it changes every year anyway, in Australia especially. But um, like political things, not just that particular one, hear what I'm saying. So, um, so she's going to be speaking as well, and then of course uh, Vanessa and I. So it's going to be a big month. Who's ready for a big month? Let's just make a decision. We are in the house, even if it's cold outside, although I'm believing that we had February and December, I'm believing for December and February. Just quite, I'm believing for like nice weather in February, leading into a nice warm March, going into a beautiful April. But even if the devil comes and we get ice rain and everything else, we are still going to be hot in the house this morning. And have expectation. You know, my, my friends, a couple have just joined our team that have welcomed me as I came in. I have no idea about your background. But I just, or past, but I just felt the Holy Spirit speak to me this morning and say that you've had disappointments of dreams, of things even to make it in the world and big and certain things that were on your life. But the, the Lord is saying that your call is in the house of God, that He's going to do great things outside, but He has called you for such a time as this, that He is going to accelerate things in you things that you never dreamed or even were possible. He's going he's gonna to shut the door on things that, uh, that uh, maybe could have caused disappointment and pain in the past and give you a brand new grace for this season and this future. And I don't know where you're at with children, but I just saw you in the not too distant future. So I'm just throwing out what I saw with a little boy and a little girl on the front row praising Jesus. I believe you're a key, you're going to be key part of this vision moving forward. Not just saying that as a pastor, you know, trying to keep people here, but I really believe that there is a new day. There's like a new sun over your horizon and to really embrace it with everything you've got, to let go the disappointments of what didn't happen in the past because God actually had bigger and more for you. And, uh, and if children are something you've been thinking about, like I just want you to, I saw a little boy and a little girl both raising their hands, even as little babies, as you were just rocking it on the front row with the, with the praises of what God is doing. He has got your future. He has got your back. And just never, ever doubt that with God, all things are possible. Do you receive that? Amen. I believe it. I believe it. I'm so excited that they've joined our team and went through Belong, been in our team night. I think we added a whole bunch of people to our team this morning, and so my time's running, so I've got to get straight into this. But we are preaching about being on mission. Our goal, and this is my goal and heart, is to involve so many more people the Hukora Surgeon home on this mission, as we don't want anybody missing out on what God is doing here. Now, there are different seasons and different times we understand, and we never push these things because it's got to be a grace revelation. But maybe you could give time once a month. 
Maybe it's you can find your place. Like I saw with Sean, who's uh, one of my friends, and he uh, he works for the Habs. Good guy to know. Uh, and he, uh, you know, is involved in, he used to run the Bell Centre, and now he's running the whole complex of where the Habs do their stuff and a whole bunch of other things that happen there. And, uh, you know, he's looked after team and all of that. And he, I remember just, you know, they'd be here for a while and just sort of working it all in and having Jesus for both of them speak to them. And they both came up to me and uh, both Sean and Angela and said, I think we're ready. And to see them now serving in the house of God, him doing coffees, and that's not going to be, not that the doing coffees is, is bad at all. I love that. Who knows? If you're going to have coffee, you may as well have good coffee and you pray for the barista. But there's always going to be more. And I just love when I see people go from just being sort of part of the ex- like external family into the heart of the family, in a, came to the team night. It just changes how you view all of this. And so it's not just about helping out because, yes, we need help, but Jesus always finds the right person at the right time. I've been doing this for long enough now to trust in that. Even the worship, like how good has the worship been? Just going up and up and up. But there were days where I was like, Jesus, shoot me now. I've been in better days than this. And I loved my team, but I'm like, holy Lord, help me. But what I love is as people come and a whole bunch of them that you saw have been in this for a while working together. There needs to be a gelling that happens. But what I love is it's not just what it does for us, it's what it's doing in them. So, all, so we just want to talk about the theological side, if you want to use that of the scripture of being on mission, but also the, the practical side of what it does for us. That it's not just about oh, serving and being used and abused. And you know, I know some of us have had some bad experiences, but we do remember, we, we mustn't forget being on the front rows of camps and retreats and church going, God, use me, God, use me. And then we go, oh, wow, I feel used. <laughs> it's like, how long? Hang on for a second. We just asked for that. Um, come on, somebody. And not that I want to you know, go there too much with anyone, but Jesus is the only one that's really got the scars. Come on, somebody. Like, I know, now some of you have fought for our nations, and I thank God for that. You, you will always be dear in, my, in our heart, and like both my grandparents are in the military and so on, and we thank God that we live in a nation that we can even do what we're doing now, and you have certain scars, but when it comes to the gospel and church life, only Jesus has the right to show the scars. We just get over it, realize humanity's broken, and we just become better people from it. Uh, now, some things have been really painful and uh, areas of abuse that should never happen, and I'm not downplaying that. Get help with that because hurt people hurt people. But you know what I'm saying? In general, we're on mission. Let's just like water off a duck's back. Let's just keep moving forward. Let the past be the past. Let the silly people that said silly things or did silly things, let let it go and not become those silly people. Let's be encouragers of others. Let's be king and queen makers. Let's be, you know, helping others to become kings and queens in their call around us. And and as we do that, we become kings and queens, you know, under God in in our calling as well. Let's just be on mission. Let's thrive together. Let's win together. Let's weep together when we need to weep. Let's bleed together when we need to bleed. But let's always look up with hope that there is always more. Everyone say there is always more. 
As the saying goes, the difference between involvement and commitment is like bacon and eggs. The chicken was involved, but the pig was committed. And I reckon that's a big amen to that, because I like bacon. I like bacon. And bacon is allowed on the keto diet. It's allowed on the whole, the whole whatever one, everything my wife's trying to put me on. So I reckon bacon is awesome. <laughs> I think about the story of the disciples. They were everyday fishermen and carpenters, and they encountered Jesus. I love that. People from all different walks of life encountered Jesus. But uh, in this particular case, he called those that weren't as educated because he wanted to show off. That's why when I speak to someone who knows the word a lot, and so most of the time when they want to tell me how much word they know, they're just trying to be show off. And they're probably smarter than I am, know the word more than I am in a whole bunch of areas. But it's the difference between knowing the word and actually living the word. And the thing about it is, is when you live the word, you don't just know it, you share it. And that's what I loved about Jesus. It wasn't them about how intellectual or smart they were. He was going to teach them to be practitioners. To not, to, they needed, now they were, they were walking, living, uh, sleeping right next to the living word, Jesus. They were with him for three years and they messed up, made mistakes. And I thank God for that because it helps us out. Because <laughs> there is no perfect people around Jesus. He's the only perfection. Can I hear a good amen? But I, I love that he taught not just head knowledge, but heart knowledge. Because when the heart is moved, you share. And when we believe that this is good for others, we share. And so on mission, we want to talk about two of our key values, which I'll be sharing a little bit around. Well, all of our key values will be in our messages throughout this month when it comes to being on mission of what we're called to do. You know, Jesus... Um, sorry, they were everyday fishermen and carpenters. They encountered Jesus personally and radically. Then he brought them into his community, his family. They had such uh, human friendships, uh, jealousy, insecurity, infighting, betrayal, laughter, challenges, adventure, <laughs> a little bit like our team at times, a little, about, a little bit like your team at times. It's just natural. And it's just, you go grab a whole bunch of people together. There's going to be stuff that happens sometimes. That's how we grow and how we learn. I've, I have no problem with that. But he brought them on mission as they were, not as he wanted them to be. Jesus taught them, discipled them according to their unique design, taught them how to dream with God, think kingdom, believe kingdom, live with those God-given dreams for more. So even as I train people, my, one of my goals is to get the mind of Christ on how to train them with their unique personality, with their unique giftings. So I don't necessarily respond to... Lauren the way I do with Carlo, because they're very different. I don't respond to Carlo like I do with Nee or Julian, because they're very different. They all have different personalities, different uniquenesses that build the kingdom of God. And I loved how Jesus put them all together. They had certain codes, it's called culture. But then he worked with them individually and corporately together. Then he said, uh, as, he, as he taught them and used it in their unique design, he said, go change your world. What Vanessa has preached before, tag, you're it now. I'm off. I'm going to go intercede to the right hand of the Father and I'm going to, you know, release the Holy Spirit and I'm going to set you up to win. 
And, uh, and you need someone watching your back 24-7, so i got all the angels ready, even for some of you thick ones like Andrew that's going to be coming at one stage and uh, is going to need extra prayers and extra grace. That's why I say if you don't take your grace for the day or for the year, I'll take it because I need as much as I can get. <laughs> so, um, and he goes and sits at the right hand father and goes, tag, you're it now. Trained you. I've given you everything you need. You've got everything you need right now. Go tag, you're it. Go make it happen. He is, here is the Holy Spirit. Go build my church and expand the kingdom. It's the same vision that we have. It's actually three years this week, 2nd of February, when Vanessa and I arrived to minus 32.5 degrees in a blizzard that lasted a whole month and became the coldest winter on record in February for over 100 years. And uh, for the blizzard or that we came? <laughs> Thank you. And honestly, we've loved it with our highs and our lows like anybody else. But it's been three years. But we didn't come here just to have a nice church and have some nice friends and, you know, to go skiing and, and uh, you know, ice skating, humiliating ourselves in front of our kids and everybody else. We came here on mission. We came here for a reason. And when I look at our vision uh, for our life and our leadership, for over the next 50 years, it's this. We've really taken time and messed with a whole bunch of stuff to bring it into what we believe just totally sits right moving forward as the vision of our church, what Vanessa and I called to do with a whole company of people. And that's to establish a movement of churches because we believe that the Great Commission is all about church planting. I don't believe in just one church, um, apostolic. If that is, then they should be under an apostolic. But I believe that the Great Commission is church planting, raising up, releasing, raising up, releasing, building families within families under the kingdom of God to raise up others. And Vanessa and I, our predominant call is king and queen makers. We just want to find the king and the queen in every single person and to raise them up uh, with the gospel of grace to be a weapon for the kingdom of God and to release them to that. And then to sit back on our deathbed and uh, hopefully have helped people in their calling to build the kingdom of God. Like that's, that's our dream. So we want to establish a movement of churches that, uh, that reform lives because everybody needs a reformation of grace. To reform lives and revive cities because cities need Jesus with the gospel of grace. So it's to establish a movement of churches that reform lives and revive cities with the gospel of grace. A vision is like a God dream. This is the unmeasurable part. It's the grand idea and the audacious impossibility without heaven's help. Like when I've, Vanessa and I first started to dream as we got engaged about what our future could look like and family. And I dreamed of four to six kids. My dream stopped at four. But, um, and having grandchildren around a big table and being like the godfather, you know, the Christian one that sat at the end and you know, a little bit of Italian sort of coming on me and, and uh, having the big table with all the kids and the grand, we both came from broken families and, and uh, didn't have any of that for our life. And in my side of the family, it was part of an English European family and that all broke up over a business deal. And, and so we're like, this is what we want for our lives. We didn't know how it was going to happen. We didn't know the doctors were going to tell us we couldn't have kids years later and all of these things and have to go through some challenges and all of that. But the dream has got to be audacious. The vision has got to be, but God, this is impossible. And then you work out how to do the day by day 
which comes with the mission that helps us to get it going with the grace and the favor of God. We break it down more tangible and measurable with the mission. Are you still with me this morning? The mission is the what we can do. So it's like any part of church life, giving, serving, uh, helping out. It's not what you can't do, it's what you can do. If you can, if you can give an hour, give an hour. Someone else can give 10, but you can give one hour. It's not about comparison. It's what you can give. If you can't give this, you can give that. If you can serve here, you can. It's, it's not what you don't have. It's always with what we do have. The vision is what God can do. The mission is what we can do. The vision is what God can do. So our mission then becomes the what we can do part. And this is what I believe we can do together. And the strategy is how this can happen. So together, hopefully this will come up behind me. But our mission is to encounter Jesus. They may not have put that in the power. Oh, you guys are awesome. Can we give the technical people a big hand? They never get thanked. They only get known when things don't happen. So we've got to give them extra hugs, Ez and everybody else. All right, so our mission is to encounter Jesus, but our strategy to do that, one of our strategies is strong Sunday services so that people can encounter Jesus. Now, they can encounter Jesus anywhere and through our small groups, but this is our gathering, our, like, our game day. Our mission is to thrive in community because no one should be alone. And we don't want you to be in community. We want you to thrive in community. And one of the ways we do that is all through our different small group structures. You'll be seeing more and more that's happening. Uh, our mission is to dream big because never, God never called us to small. One of the messages I'm taking around the world at the moment is breaking big or breaking small. Breaking small is breaking small. And I, had a, I preached it in Cornwall, and the guy's taken 10 messages from my one message. I'm thinking I should charge him or something for that. And, uh, and preached it to his church. And I'm, I'm taking it to, uh, to other places and, and, uh, in, in this, this year. Because God's not called us to live small. If we live small, we've chosen. Dream big. And how do we teach people to dream big? Through our spiritual growth tracks through all the things that we're doing and, and uh, rolling out this year. And the fourth part of our mission is to change our world. Tag, you're it. How do we do that? Through soul winning, through sharing the gospel of Christ, through helping people to find Jesus like someone helped us. So our mission, the first one is to? The second one is to? The third one is to? The fourth one is to? One more time. Our first mission is? Our second, our third, and our fourth. Change the world. That's how we can be a part of it. We are so excited to roll so much of this out in church life. Uh, we love this side of doing life together and building the church as it's reforming lives and reviving cities. The website, our emails, our communications, our team can help you on mission in this way. But today, let me just with the moments that I have inspire and equip you with the big picture uh, with what you are on earth for. What are you on mission for? The reason why Rick Warren's purpose-driven life became such a game-changer in the world and a massive seller is because everyone's asking themselves at the end of the day, at different points in their life, what's this for? Mine was in a drunken stupor at the end of grade 12, sitting on the end of a bank, over my friend's property, as everyone are just getting wasted and listening to Guns N' Roses and all of the uh, 80s, 90s music back then. 
as I sat down with a guy that was completely drunk as well and started to ask spiritual questions and say, there's got to be more than this. Then driving home the next morning, half drunk, which I would never usually do, I hit a car and almost killed somebody. The, uh, the, the son-in-law was in the car in front of this elderly couple that I hit their car and put them onto oncoming traffic with a massive truck, like the biggest truck you've ever seen coming towards them. They pulled out just in time. The son-in-law was like Fabio. Do you remember Fabio? Just look him on YouTube, uh, when the roll, roller coaster. It's gold. Sorry, Fabio, but his face is like his life and he gets smashed by a bird uh, on this. Uh, sorry, it's, it is a little bit funny, but uh, if you know Fabio. But, and uh, this guy looked like Fabio and I thought, my life is dead. I'm gone. Everything's done. And that was the beginning of my conversion to come to Christ because I thought, man, there's got to be more than just this. When all my life was about to be, you know, I thought I was going to go to jail and everything else. I had no one to hope for, nothing to hope in. I had no anchors. And then I got on mission. I found my purpose in Jesus Christ. And I made a decision that day. I'm never going to live average, normal. I'm never going back to that. And I've never been the same again. Roller coasters at times. But what I believe in Jesus, if we allow him to work in our lives, our roller coaster just keeps going up. So when you do a graph of growth, it just keeps going up. It might be dips, but the general line keeps going up. That's what you want for your life. John 17 verse 18 says, In the same way that you gave me a mission in the world, it's Jesus talking to the Father, to the Trinity, I give them a mission in the world. You gave me a mission, I'm giving them a mission. Tag, you're it. So the, the title of my message could be, Tag, you're it. I'm stealing it. Is that okay, baby? Tag, you're it. John 17, verse 13, in the Amplified Version, giving a touch more context to this scripture, says this, but now I'm coming to you, and I say these things while I'm still in the world, talking to the Trinity, to the Father, the Holy Spirit, so that they may experience my joy made full and complete and perfect within them, filling their hearts with my delight. I've given them your word, the message you gave me, and the world has hated them because they're not of the world. But do not belong to the world, just as I'm not of the world and do not belong to it. I do not ask. Sorry, I do not ask you to take them out of the world. So stop being asked to be taken out of this stuff. That's why we don't just have a happy, clappy little church with just a few of us in a home or somewhere else that says us and no more. That's not biblical. It says, hey, there's an open door. The door is so wide to just come as you are. He says, I'm not, don't take them out of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sorry, uh, take them out of the world, but that you keep them and protect them from the evil one. So he says, keep them there, but protect them. They're not of the world, just as I'm not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Set them apart for your purposes. Make them holy. That's why we lift up holy hands. We remind ourselves we are the righteousness of God. Your word is truth. Just as you commissioned or another translation is missioned, gave me a mission and sent me into the world. I also have commissioned, given them a mission and sent them believers into the world. For their sake, I sanctify myself to do your will so that they may also be sanctified, set apart, dedicated, made holy in your truth. I do not pray for these things alone. It is not for their sake only that I make this request. I love that because none of us would be here if that was true when he was writing this. 
but also for all those who will ever believe and trust in me through their message, that they all may be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, so that the world may believe without any doubt that you sent me. That's where the hand clap right there. What a great message. What a great thought. I want to do a message at some stage just on that last couple of uh, paragraphs, last couple of scriptures. Because the issue with the body of Christ today and why people don't necessarily want to come until they meet someone like us is because they see judgy. Because they see I'm better than you are. Because they see we're right and you're wrong. Because they see we're pious with what we believe, but we are completely fruitless with our actions. If we are in Him and the body of Christ are with in each other, we're in Him, then maybe the world will see something different. That's why we have to personally take responsibility because it starts with the one on how I carry the body of Christ. What do I say? What do I do? How do I react? Because they're family. It might be the crazy uncle, maybe the brother or the cousin that you want to push off a cliff every so often when we have a non-Jesus moment. Come on, somebody. Come on, an NJM. We all have those non-Jesus moments. But the thing is, we're all going to be in heaven together one day. So we may as well try to make it work or just be the bigger person. Acts 20 verse 24. You still with me? says, I don't care about my own life, talking about the Apostle Paul. The most important thing is that I complete my mission, the work that the Lord Jesus gave me to tell people the good news about God's grace. God is at work in the world and He wants you to join Him. This assignment is called your mission and it is different from your ministry. Our ministry is our service to believers in the body of Christ. While our mission is is our service to unbelievers in the world. God created us for both. Just like Reformation and Revival. We're called to ministry and we're called to mission. So that's why my preacher friends sometimes, or, you know, just in the circles I'm in, and if I want to be a little bit naughty with respect, when sometimes I'm in a place and I just sort of pick up something that I'm like, oh, come on, dude, you should be better than that. I'll ask them, so how many times, when was the last time you spoke to someone that doesn't listen to your preaching in your church and talk to them about Jesus? When have you invited them to something? When have you had your neighbors over to your house? And I'm not just talking about just about pastors. This is about believers in general. Like, does your neighbors know who you are? That's a big one, isn't it? If we can't even reach our street, heaven forbid, how are we going to reach the world? Now, this isn't condemnationary. This is to encourage and inspire us. And it sometimes, you know, slap us around in Jesus' name to just wake us up sometimes like a good coach does to remind ourselves we're on mission. We don't just do the, like Vanessa, we'll sometimes look at each other and go, yes, we're building church and ministry, but who are we reaching out to in our own lives? Because Jesus wants ministry and mission. That's what he's called us to. Our life mission is both shared and specific. One part of it is a responsibility you share with every other Christian, and the other part is an assignment that is unique to you. That's why we don't want dysfunctional Christians that are brilliant on stages or brilliant in small groups, but are dysfunctional with their neighbors. And I believe the last hundred years hasn't helped us in some areas. And we've got to change that in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. One, um, our life mission is both shared and specific. 
I shared that. Our English word, mission, comes from the Latin word for sending. Being a Christian includes being sent into the world as a representative of Jesus Christ. Uh, As Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. Jesus clearly understood his life mission on earth. At age 12, he said, I must be about my father's business, mum. Like, back off. Stop, stop, stop trying to tell me what to do. With respect, because you, you know, were the virgin and you brought me into this world and you've loved me and cared for me. And there's a lot of stuff you took on board to, to be a part of this. But remember who I am. Sometimes you need to remind yourself, remember who I am. Sometimes Vanessa looks at me and goes, remember who I am. And I have to remember sometimes who she is in Christ, woman of God, changing the world. And I'm just blessed to be part of her world. Are you hearing me this morning? (laughs) And then at 21 years later, he's dying on the cross. He says, it's finished. Like bookends, these two statements frame a well-lived, purpose-driven life. He completed the mission the Father gave him. The the mission that Jesus had while on earth is now our mission since we are the body of Christ. What he did in his physical body, we are to continue as his spiritual body, the church. That's why you you cannot love Jesus and not love his church. It's the bride of Christ, straight up. I'll go with you theologically, scripture by scripture. You cannot love Jesus and not love his church. It's his bride. It's his, that's who he thinks about, prays for, desires. Just like you can't love Peter without loving Laurie and vice versa. They're one, the Bible says. When they said, I do, they became one flesh under God. You you can't have relationship with one without the other. It's the same as Christ. What is that mission? Introducing people to Jesus to encounter Jesus. The Bible says Christ changed us from enemies into his friends and gave us the task of making others his friends also. God wants to redeem human beings from Satan and reconcile them to himself so we can fill the five purposes on which we were created. The first one was to love him. You might go, well, that's a little bit like, you know, egotistical. Well, how many of you have got kids? Can you raise your hand? How many of you, when you got the whole idea of having kids deep down was not just you loving them, but you wanted them to love you back. Can I have a hand? And when they don't, especially that teenager's moments, my kids are pretty good, I have to say. But that moment where you're like, oh, you're going off to see a friend, can I have a hug? Oh, no, I'm cool, Dad. It's like, kill me now. I still see that little blonde, that little brunette kid that smiles and like, Daddy, Daddy, when I come home. But no, right now they're too cool for school. He desires relationship. That's what he's looking for. He, um, he, uh, lo- he, we want, he wants us to love him, to be a part of his family. I don't want, I, my desire is that all my children stay in the family as they grow up. They might do their own things, but we stay family. Every parent wants that. Now, I don't want my kids to become like me because I'm broken, but he's perfect. And so he wants us to become like him. So we carry his desires. Want to serve him. And not just serve him egotistically, but to serve his purposes so that others can be reached. And then to tell others about him as the band comes up. Once we are his, 
God uses us to reach others with these five purposes. He saves us, then he sends us out. The Bible says we've been sent to speak for Christ. We are messengers, messengers, sorry, of God's love and purposes to the world. We are God's messengers of purpose, of his purpose and love to this world. The Great Commission is not the Great Suggestion. The Great Commission is not the Great Suggestion. It is one command that Jesus gave us, to go. And it doesn't mean that when he calls us to go that we have to leave everything behind. And even the disciples, Jesus wasn't saying, go leave your, go leave your wife, go leave your kids, leave them destitute and come follow me. I mean, how bad would that be? if that was what he was saying. Like, who would follow that? No man with uh, half a brain would just go and do that. That is the wrong guy to follow. Because it goes on in, in uh, 1 Timothy 5.8, and it talks about anyone that doesn't look after his family and his responsible is worse than an unbeliever. An infidel, one, uh, one scripture actually says. So it's never that we leave all our responsibilities and, and, uh, and just go follow Jesus. It's that we put God first. We make sure, like Peter and the apostles want to make sure their estates were looked after, their families were looked after. Who knows the, the whole nuances of what took place? I mean, he probably had kids. I mean, his kids weren't sitting there going, bye, Dad, never see you again. There would have been structure and how all that worked. But they prioritized Jesus. And they probably took their families on aspects of the journey with them, just like we do these days. That's why the scripture of pastors or whatever happened being celibate should never have been a law. It was a suggestion for some. It's called the gift of celibacy for some, but not for everybody. And we've seen the damage that does. Here's what I want to leave you with. And I've got a few minutes over and I apologize. But I want to leave you with this, Matthew 5 verse 14. And it says, you are the light you are the light of Christ to the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all, everyone say to all, who are in the house. Let your light shine before men, and it means mankind, before men and women, children and all, in such a way that they may see your good deeds and moral excellence and recognize and honor and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Let your light shine as reformed revivalists, knowing the Word of God, living the Word of God, being empowered and filled with the Holy Spirit with power to bring the gospel to life and light to those around us. Let us be on mission in 2018. Let not the Great Commission be a great suggestion, but let it fill our lives in the world that Christ has put us in. He's not calling a whole bunch of you to stages like this, but He's giving you a stage through your children to the schools that He's got you in. He's given you a stage through your marketplace that you may never say the name of Jesus for a while, but you'll be Jesus by how you show your moral excellence and good works. 
and Jesus' name will eventually come up because of what you do. Wherever you are, God's given you a platform. Can everyone say, God's given me a platform. Come on, one more time. God's given me a platform. He's given you a platform. It's different from the person next to you. You can't live on their platform. You'll die and fail on their platform. But you'll thrive and you'll succeed on yours. Because you're unique and you're never called to be somebody else. We're called to be on mission. Come on, can we give the Lord one more hand of praise for that this morning? We're going on mission like never before. 2018. I would love to see street parties begin to happen. People having people at their homes that are on their street and through soccer and everything else, reaching out to the marketplace, even where you work. Hey, my wife and I, she's a, my wife's a good cook or I'm a good cook and uh, we're doing this and I, I just thought I'd invite a whole bunch of you from work over to just have a party. We got wine and all the things you like and good food and let's just chill. No agenda, just to hang out and let's get on mission. And then when we have relationship or they're in a place where they have need, tell them about Jesus. Invite them to church. Tell them about this place that they might just like. Get on mission right there. And then if you have the opportunity, share Jesus. and Lead them to Christ and then to a family to thrive. Friend, let's stay on mission. Not because we have to, because we get to in Jesus' name. I just want to pray for you this morning. If you feel comfortable to just raise your hands, would you right where you sit? Father, I just pray this community that's a part of an expression of the body of Christ here on earth, part of your bride. Father, you've given us a unique calling and a unique culture to fulfill, to reach unique people in a unique city with the many other great expressions of heaven on earth, the brides of Christ that become the bride of Christ together. Father, I just pray that you would, just even this week, help this revelation to get into our spirit. That we would just keep things simple. Let's be on mission. Yep, we got some chaos happening around us, but let's just be on mission. Yep, we got some lack and some, some miracles we need, so let's just be on mission. Yep, we've got some relationships, challenges happening, and we're going to work on that and believe you, Holy Spirit, but we're going to also be on mission. We're just going to keep being on mission believing for you to work through us and around us, in us through that time. I just pray for every single person in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Friend, before I finish, I'd love to ask you where you stand with Jesus. I know where Jesus stands with you. He loves you. He's for you. The Bible says that He loved you before you could ever love Him. That He is for us and that He never wants to let us go. The fact of the matter is that we let Him go. He never lets us go. And maybe you're here this morning for the first time in a church or this church or the first time in, in a long time in this church or from another church. But you're away from Jesus. If you're honest, you're away from God. It's not about what's wrong about you. That's not what Jesus looks at. It's what's right about you that Jesus looks at. He loves you. He's for you. And all I want to do is make an introduction either for the first time or a reintroduction for the first time in a long time of encountering Jesus, of saying, hey, Jesus, I want you back. I want you where I've never had you before in my life to help me, to guide me, to lead me, to walk me through, to talk to me, to counsel me, to love me, to, to help me with my purpose, to understand that sin and shame can be taken off my life. And I'm given a brand new beginning and a brand new start, as the Bible says. So friend, this morning, if you go, hey, I'm, hey, I'm open to 
Jesus coming into my life. I'm open to saying yes to Him. I'm going to ask you in a moment just to raise your hand and just to show how easy that is. Guys, have everybody raise their hand all across this room. Thank you. Put your hand back down. And if I could just ask you to close your eyes, just to give privacy to people. And I'm going to count to three. And at the end of three, if you say, hey, Andrew, could you include me in a prayer? It's going to be a simple but a powerful prayer that invites Jesus into to your life. Begin, begin a brand new beginning. Throw that pain, the shame, the disappointment, the beginning of healing and wholeness begins today. As Jesus come in, comes into your life, ignites your spirit. And the Bible says we become like a new creation. That's what's going to happen. And so friend, the first hand's raised and the rest follow. And then we all pray the same prayer together because we're family here. And so here we go. I'm going to count to three. I believe you already know who you are. Friend one, God loves you. This is your moment. Have everything change. Friend two, you take one step towards him. The Bible says through the prodigal son that he'll take 10,000 steps towards you because that's who he is and that's what he does. So here's your moment to reconnect with Jesus. Three. That's you. Would you just raise your hand up high so I can see the first hand and the rest usually follow. You go, yes, pray for me. Include me in a prayer that doesn't single you out. We pray this prayer together. And I believe Jesus done something powerful. There's a hand that's raised up there. If you could raise it up high enough so I don't miss anybody here this morning, hand over there as well. I see two hands that have gone up, a third hand over there as well. I think there's another hand somewhere over here as well, four hands. I think anybody else before I pray as time is out. If you go, yes, quickly, that's me. I don't want to miss out on this opportunity. Would you quickly raise your hand? If you haven't already, could you quickly raise your hand so I can see it and know who I'm praying for? There's a hand over here, a hand over here, a hand over there. Might be one somewhere else as well that I've missed. Well, while eyes are closed and heads about, let's pray this prayer together after me. Jesus, thank you for loving me and dying on the cross for my freedom. Today, I say yes to you. I say yes to your grace. I say yes to your favor. I say yes to forgiveness. And I say yes to eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we have a quick praise party? I love it. So good. Heaven rejoices, heaven rejoices when one man, one woman gives their life to Him, confesses with their mouth, believes in their heart that Jesus is Saviour. They will be saved. So for those of you that raise your hand, Vanessa is going to share with you just how we can help you practically and simply. But can I just encourage you to keep coming back for all of us here. Even when you have bad moments, even when it's cold outside, just keep coming back to the house of God. Not just because we want to have big numbers in a building. That's not what it's all about at all. It's so that we can thrive together. So we can allow Jesus into our world and be reminded we're on mission and reminded we're not alone on that mission. That We look around and we're like, man, look what we get to do this week. You're going to have a great week in Jesus' name. Let's be on mission. Let's believe for the grace and favor. Remember, we're reformed revivalists. That's what Christians are. Let's go for it. Get at it. Tag your it. God bless you. Come on, let's thank Andrew for that message. I love it.